She was, by all appearances, a least imposing woman. Yet in the living of her days, she was heroic. One of her children went to prison with very little prospect of ever being released. She said to me, he's made so many terrible decisions, he's done so many terrible things, his life must be hard. And yet he's still my son, and I still love him. I think of him when he was a little boy, I think of him when he was a baby, I think of him now, she said, and I still love him, and I want nothing but that his life be the best that it can be. Such is the love of a mother. And scripture is replete with references to the love of mothers. Chief among them, of course, is Mary, the mother of Jesus. We hear Mary exclaim her praise for God at the mere promise of a child. And then when he arrives, we see Mary pondering in her heart this little one who has been given to her. Remember how she was anxious for him as a boy when She and her husband, Joseph, found themselves separated from him. And we remember also how she was anxious for him as a man when she thought he had lost his way. And we remember, of course, that she was there at the cross when Jesus died. All the passions of motherhood are gathered into Mary. She is the mother of the one who is the source of all of our lives, and in that sense, she is the mother of us all. Mary is highly favored, full of grace, a grace that is born of a compassion which is itself born of Jesus. So that here, motherhood comes to its absolute fullness. Mary bears in herself the compassion that is born of Jesus whom she bears. Here, motherhood is writ large. For every mother's love has its source in God. Every mother's kindness is finally a manifestation of God's kindness. A mother's strong desire to love, to protect, to bless her children originates within the love of God for us all. I remember many years ago we had some new neighbors. They moved to West Alabama from Alaska, and they moved in August. It was quite a shock. And they were rugged people. And, and they said to us at one point, we hear that you are a preacher. And we just want you to know that we have no need for God, and we would appreciate if you would not use our friendship as a way of trying to convince us otherwise. And we said, of course, we would never try to abuse our friendship, and and we left it at that. And then they had a baby, a little girl. Her name was Cynthia, same as my sister's name, so I remember that. And one day the mother stopped me and said to me, do you remember how we said that we had no need for God? And I said, well, I do remember that. She said, since this little one has come into our lives, we find ourselves loving in ways we never thought possible. And I'm beginning to wonder 
if maybe there is a God who has given us this love. And I said to her, I think you're on to something. I think you're on to something. Few forces are more powerful than the love of a mother. Many of us remember, many of us know still how our mothers love and pray for us. A story from my family's that comes down in my family tells of the astonishing effect of my great-grandmother's prayers. One of her children was sick with a fever and had almost died in the night. Unable to do anything else, she went into the garden early that morning, and it was a perfectly clear morning, and there she poured out her heart before God. And the story goes, as the story goes, she and those who gathered at the house that morning, that cloudless morning, heard a single clap of thunder. And when she returned, she found that the fever had broken. The little one had gone through the crisis and was on the way to being well. Of course, not all are prayers are answered in that way, and none are more loving, none are more faithful than those who pray for a child who doesn't recover. Their love, which never dies, is filled with sadness. And these very special women fulfill their role as mothers by simply staying alive by continuing to care, by remembering their children, and by praying. Some of them become compassionate friends for others who have suffered this worst of all losses, but all of them become a part of the fellowship of Rachel, who weeps because her children are no more. And we cannot forget those for whom motherhood is denied. They, too, possess maternal capacity. For some of them, not having children is a choice. For others, it is a necessity. But whatever the cause of their circumstances, these good women have the power to do much good and to make a great difference. I think of Francis Willard, a great Methodist reformer. It was said in 1890 that Frances Willard was second only to Queen Victoria as the most well-known woman in the world. She led the largest movement of women in the 19th century. Frances Willard was unrelenting in her passion to curb alcohol abuse, to work for peace, to improve the living conditions of children and women, and to win for women the right to vote. She was impatient with the men who wanted to move slowly and incrementally and piecemeal, and she described their grand effort as a do-everything policy. And she referred to it elsewhere as organized motherhood. Whatever the station, whatever their station, whatever form, motherhood matters. It manifests a desire, a determination that transcends age or station or biological instinct. Motherhood is a manifestation of divine desire. 
It is filled with the passion of Jesus himself. And we do honor, we do remember how our mothers pray for us and love us. And we realize that in its purest form, that prayer of motherhood is really an extension of Jesus' prayer for us. We read that prayer this morning. We hear how our Lord prays for us. He prays for us as one who would do anything and everything for us and yet must release us to face the harsh realities of this world. And so he prays for our protection. He prays for us to have a deep awareness of the sacredness of our own being. He wants us to know how much we are loved. The Lord prays that we might know the unutterable joy of union with him and the Father. He prays that we come to know in the deepest way possible that we participate in the very life of God. He prays that knowing oneness with God, we might know oneness with others who are also God's children. I remember when I was a little boy, there was three years difference between my brother and me. My sister was a bit younger, so she sort of watched from afar. But my brother and I fought all the time. We just fought a lot. And I can remember my mother trying to intercede And believe me, she did intercede, and it made a difference. But I can only imagine what it must have been like trying to get us to treat each other with kindness when we both were so headstrong. And I can hear Jesus praying for us that amid our differences, with all of our stubbornness, with all of our determination to be right and the other wrong, Jesus prays for us that we might know that we are one with every human being in an essential way. Doing everything he can for us, the Lord prays that we might become the very ones that God made us to be. Augustine was by all counts one of the greatest Christian teachers of all time, yet he was not always a Christian. In his early years, though filled with promise, he lived fairly recklessly and was somewhat self-destructive. He did come to Christ, and when he looked back on all of the things that had brought him to Christ, he gave much of the credit to his mother, Monica. Remembering Monica after she died... Augustine confessed to God, now gone from my sight, this one who for years wept over me, wept over me, that I might live in your sight, O God. Monica's weeping over Augustine, a mother's prayer for her children, Small, perhaps, but not insignificant. An authentic expression, an extension of the prayer of Jesus for us all. Christ was in her prayers as he is in the prayers of any woman who loves and only wants the best for the beloved. 
And so I think we're left with two great encouragements today. The first one is for you who assume any role of motherhood, whatever that might look like for you. Whatever your age, whatever your circumstance, know this. Know that your compassion, your kindness, your prayers for others are not strictly your own. You are joined to Christ. Know that your desire for the good of others is a sacred thing. Don't minimize it. Don't dismiss it. Give yourself to the good that you want to do, for in doing that you give yourself to Christ. And know that in Christ your labor is never in vain. Then for the rest of us, as we honor our mothers today, we we really need to remember that their deeds of kindness toward us, their patience with us, their acts of compassion, their prayers for us, are finally an expression of God's kindness and God's compassion and God's desire for us. If you know that your mother loves you, then you can also know in that same love that God loves you. As glorious as it is, their caring is a glimmer of the glory that God has for us. And so today we thank them We honor them, and we seek to learn all that they can teach us. And for some of us, our mothers have passed, and we remember them. For others, our mothers are still with us. And for some of us, we are married to women who are mothers. And it is an amazing thing to see, and a good thing, and we praise God for it. Happy Mother's Day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.